Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. Let's join in for this week's message. All right, good morning. How are we doing today? Man, that's good. That's good. I paid them to scream that loud. Hey, I'm pumped to have you guys with us today. I just want to say thanks. I know they're not in the room, but thanks to Pastor Chad and Amber for giving me the opportunity to speak this morning. It's always very bold and brave when the lead pastor gives up the stage to the youth pastor. Um, and so I appreciate him trusting me enough to do that. I love getting to, I love getting to speak on Sundays. You know, my calling and my passion is, is to speak to teenagers, but it's always fun to be able to speak just heart to heart with adults just to kind of share what God's laid on my heart. And, and some things, sometimes it's even things that I'm dealing with. And so what I want you to see this morning is what I'm talking about um, isn't necessarily something that I've always conquered, okay? Because I want you to understand that as pastors and as people here on the stage, just because we're preaching on something doesn't mean that we've conquered it. Sometimes it's a journey. Sometimes it's, you know, a direction that we're going, something that God's laid on our heart on purpose because he's like, hey, you need to deal with this and I'm going to force you to by talking to everybody about it. You know what I mean? And so this is something um, that God laid on my heart several months ago and, and, you know, it's something that I I really had to work through, and it's sometimes even still a journey for me today, and it's this entire idea of just being numb in our relationship with God. And I think if we're all honest, there's been moments, I'm being very transparent, there's been moments where we've just felt that way. We just felt numb. We just felt like there was no connection, like we couldn't feel God's presence, and we feel like there's just, just a complete disconnect between us and Him. And, you know, uh, we think about the, the just your body parts going numb and things like that. Anybody had their arm or their, like, foot start to go numb? It's, it feels horrible. Uh, I, I can tell you uh, just a couple stories real quick about times where I, I've had body parts going numb, okay? I had one time I woke up in the middle of the night, Woke up in the middle of the night, and uh, I couldn't find my arm. So, I know, that sounds really weird. I'm dead serious, though. Like, I couldn't find my arm. Like, I've had moments where I've fallen asleep with my cell phone and uh, and couldn't find my phone the next morning or something like that. Uh, But this was, you know, a body part. I couldn't find my arm. And so I'm looking for it, and I'm starting to get a little worried. And then I see somebody else's arm laying next to me. You know, and I'm like, Megan's over here, but there's an arm here, you know, and I and I'm looking at this this just pale arm, you know, and so I reach over and I touch it and and I'm like, I don't know whose that is, you know, and I pick it up and I just drop it, you know, it's like and it just drops right back down. And and then I begin to realize, oh, that's mine. Like, that's my arm in the bed there, and it had gone completely numb. I had, I don't know, I'd fallen asleep, like, in some weird way, completely cut off my blood circulation. Arm was completely numb. And then you wake up, and then there's, like, the needles of death that follow, you know? Um, You're just like, oh, it was better when it was numb, you know? Uh, And you you have that, and then, can I just tell you an embarrassing story? Is that cool? Uh, I, it took me, like, a solid two years before I would share this with anybody but my wife, and he, now here I am. So uh, I've come a long way. Uh, I, uh, I worked at a church in, in, uh, in Ozark, Missouri, and I was a custodian. They called us, like, gatekeepers. I don't know if they felt like that was nicer. Like, I'm like, no, I'm a custodian. Like, I'm cleaning turlets and taking out the trash, so it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. And so it was, it was an awesome job. We had so much fun doing that through college. All my friends, we were just we were janitors together. It was rocking. And so we, we, we did this and, um, and I, 
always worked the evening shift, and then they moved me over to the morning shift. Um, I anybody in here a morning person? Like that's you weirdos. I cannot. I just I don't like the morning. My my kids have tried to make me a morning person. It's still not working. And I I just I just don't like the mornings. My the first text message I get every day is from Gordon with the with the, like at five in the morning. And I'm like, bro, like, quit praying that early. Jesus ain't up. Like, he's not listening. He's not like, you're bugging him, man. Just let him go to sleep. They, I, like, literally, my phone is like, gone. I think it was like 4.30 in the morning one time. My phone goes off. Man goes, who's texting you? And I'm like, it's probably Gordon, you know, like, it's fine, you know. And so I get this, and Gordon's so awesome. He's got, like, the message and then, like, and then, like, a whole, like, what God's given him. And so and he's a morning person. Awesome. Pump for him. You know, that's great. Uh, Gordon, I think, is just an everyday, per- like, all-day person. And so if you haven't met Gordon, you just need to just give him a hug. And so uh, uh, he's awesome. I get that every day, but I always think, man, I just wish I could be that person. And so I'm just not. I'm just not. Flat out. Can't do it. Um, and so I, I, they moved me to the morning shift with, with the, the janitorial gatekeeping crew and uh and some of you guys are going to think i'm like was he because you you're there that work like at two in the morning i had to be there i think it was like 5 30 in the morning okay he's like well i've been up for three hours not me never okay and so i i get there and by eight o'clock like i'm just tired i'm done i'm finished you know i'm like when is my shift over i'm 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 done cleaning toilets and taking out the trash like i'm just i'm ready to be done so i just i go on my break i'm going to the bathroom and and I, it, there's a point. And so I'm sitting, I'm sitting like this. Okay. So some of you guys are getting a visual that you just need to quit. So, okay. So I'm sitting, I'm sitting on the toilet and I'm just, I'm tired. Okay. So I just put my arms on like this and my hands, like my face and my hands. And I just think, I'm just going to rest my eyes. <laughs> I'm just going to rest my eyes for a moment. And so I like, I've got like this. And then I like, I don't know what happened, but I, like, wake up and realize, I'm like, what year is it? Like, <laughs> like, how, like, I don't know. Like, I didn't look at my phone before I took my coma nap. Like, I didn't, I didn't look at anything. I didn't know what time it was. I wasn't sure, like, if we were still, like, in the same decade. Or, I mean, you wake up, you come out of that sleep, and you're like, oh, my Lord, where am I? And I, I just was totally lost. And I, kept, I wake up, I'm like, wait a minute. Am I in the bathroom? Like... <laughs> What is going on? And and so I go, I, I'm, I'm in a panic, right? Okay, because I'm on the clock, and I don't know how long I've been asleep, you know? I'm, I'm thinking, it feels like years. Uh, and so I, I, like, in a panic, I stand up, and my legs go, like, immediately, like, they don't work. They don't work because I had my elbows just above my knees for 45 minutes, mashing down on them, and had completely cut off my circulation below the knees completely gone completely gone and so I try to stand up and my legs are just like "Mm, mm, not yet we're not ready you're not ready have a seat and so I just sit back down and then I'm like then I'm forcing myself you know I'm grabbing like this the the bar in the stall trying to like stand up I'm like come on I'm like shaking my leg trying to like get like thinking it's going to cause the blood to flow faster and I'm I'm thinking oh my gosh how embarrassing is this how embarrassing is this that I don't know like 
how long I've been asleep or what's going on. I can't hardly walk, you know. I'm like coming out of there stumbling. And I just, you know, I'm like looking in the mirror. I'm like, yeah, I look like a zombie. I have lines on my face. You know, I'm like trying to like, like you know, get myself hyped to go back to work. And I walk out the door and nobody knew a thing. It was awesome. You know, like, <laughs> nobody, they're like, what you been doing? Cleaning, you know, stuff. Cleaning the toilet, you know, sleeping on it, whatever, same thing, and uh, keeping it warm, you know, just like hanging out. And so I, I walk out of there, and I'm just so embarrassed. And I think about that, I think about like my legs going numb, my arms going numb. And in the same thing, like in our walk with Christ, we're like, I don't understand. I don't understand why, why am I feeling numb? Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel like there's no connection? Like I just, I'm this lifeless person and, and I, and I, and I don't, I don't get it. And what happens is, is that when we twist our life in a way that it's not supposed to be, we cut God off from us. We completely cut him off in our life in the same way that, that I'm trying to get uh, you know, my arm to come back to life and it feels completely dead and, and numb and my legs are numb. It's because there was no flow. There was no blood flow there. It completely cut me off. And, and I, I get this way sometimes and I think, God, I don't know, like, like where are you? Where are you? How come I can't, how come I can't hear from you? How come I can't, I can't feel the passion? How come I can't, I can't see what you're calling me to do? I'm trying to, to get all of this vision for my life. Where are you? Where are you at? And I fight for this over and over and over again. And I have to take a moment and think, okay, What's wrong in my life that's keeping me from connecting to God? The thing is, is that whenever my arm went completely numb, it's because I had cut off the blood flow. And so many times we think, well, I can't hear from God. He's just, he's cutting me off. Have we ever thought about maybe we're the ones cutting God off? Because that does happen. He can do anything he wants and be anywhere that he wants to be. But the thing is, is that he's not going to force himself on us. If, if we don't want to have a part of what he's got for us, then he'll say, okay, I'm ready when you are. And he'll wait and he'll wait and he'll wait. You know, I'm going to talk about a few things today. Just four points. So the N, U, M, and B. We're going to spell out numb with this, okay? And so we're going to, we're going to go through this. And I've got four things I want to look at that could possibly be the root or the reason that we feel numb or we feel like we're going numb. And so the first one is not allowing room for God. Not allowing room for God. In the same way that my arm was numb and I couldn't feel anything, my legs were numb, it's because I didn't allow room for blood to flow through. I never allowed room for any of that. And for some of us, in the same way that our arms go numb or our foot goes to sleep or whatever it is, it's because you've cut the blood flow out. You need to move your life back in the way that God has called you to be, shift things around, be back on track where God's called you to be so that you can feel alive again rather than feeling numb. We have to allow room for God to to work in and through us and then we can feel alive. We just sit there and we wonder, why don't I feel alive? Why can't I feel the presence of God? Well, what are you doing? What are, you, are you allowing him to even be in your life? Is he a part of your daily walk? I mean, is, is he with you every single day? Or is it just something that you've completely cut off, but you're still expecting the same benefits? It won't happen. It won't happen. You know, we think about this, okay, well, allowing room for God, what does that even look like? What does that look like? It's, it's creating empty space within your day so that you can fill it with God. Creating empty space throughout your day, pushing things around, shifting things around so that you can spend time with God. 
That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. And, and on a really practical level, what does it look, what do you do when you wake up? What's the first thing you do when you wake up? You look at your phone. And do you turn the TV on? Do you turn the news on? Are you listening to the radio? I don't know who does that anymore. But like what, like, what are you doing the first thing that you do when you wake up? What are you doing? And then begin to prioritize your day. Because what's important to you will find a place in your day. The things that are important to you will find a place in your day. We have to shift things around and make room and time for God. And we say, well, my schedule's just busy. I'm full. Here's the thing. You can put it in a calendar. And if somebody asks you if you're doing something, you say, sorry, I've got a meeting. You're not lying. You know? You say, sorry, I'm busy. I've got this time blocked out. It's for me. I've got a meeting. Me and Jesus. We're going to talk. We're going to have a great time. Life's going to be great. We have to make time for Jesus. We have to make room in our life for the kingdom of God if we ever want to feel alive. If we want to feel alive, if we want to feel vibrant, like we're doing things in, with ourselves and for the kingdom of God, then we have to allow God to move in and through us. We have to spend time with him. He's got to have room to move. He's got to have room to flow in our life. The second thing that we're going to look at is, is, the, is the letter U, and that's underestimating what he's done for you. Underestimating what he's done for you. And this can really cause us to grow numb because it kicks in this whole like selfish aspect in the jealousy. Because we look back at our life and all that we can think of is right now what we're in, this storm or this battle that we're in right now. But if we'll just take a moment and look back at our past... And every time he's provided for us, every time he's shown up, every miracle that's been there, every time that he's relieved the pain and, and healed things and mended things that needed to be mended, and then we can trust him in the storm that we're in right now. Because I can't tell you how many times that's happened for me. I find myself in a battle, and I just have to take a moment, instead of being so consumed with what I'm in the middle of right now, look back at how many times God has taken care of me, and that gives me so much more confidence about my future. I know that he's going to provide for me. I know that he's going to take care of me because he's done it over and over and over again. But what happens so many times is we either get too focused on ourselves or focused on what God's doing for everybody else. And then we underestimate what he has already done for us. Pastor Chad comes up here every single week, talks about offering, and then what, what he's got to tell a story. Somebody else got a random check in the mail, you know, like, <laughs> awesome, good for them, you know, like... Where's mine? You know, that's and, and that's I hey, look, I'm being transparent, okay? Like like you cannot sit here and tell me that you're like, okay, cool. Like like where's mine? You know what I mean? There's moments we're like half happy, you know? And there's moments where we're like that, but the thing is we have to stop focusing on what God is doing for somebody else and look at what he's trying to do for you because if you don't, you'll completely miss out on what he's trying to do in your life. You'll miss it. You'll miss the whole thing and you'll sit there wondering, God, what are you trying to do for me? Meanwhile, you're sitting there with a house and a kid and family and people who love you. And you've missed out on all of that because you're focused on somebody else getting a free check in the mail. What's God doing specifically for you? It's for you. It's not for anybody else. Do you want what somebody else has? Because later in life, you might not. Because so many times we, we think about this, well, their life looks great. But the deal is, is that God has something specific for you. He's never going to copy and paste what happened for them and then just put it in your life. He's not going to do that because he loves you and he cares about you as an individual. And he wants to make sure that you get blessed for honoring him. 
when we're faithful to him and we look back at what he's done for us, I'm telling you, it helps us so much. But we feel like, gosh, I just don't even know what he's done for me. I don't feel like he's shown up in my life. I don't feel like he's taking care of me. I don't feel like he's, he's honoring my commitment to him. I'm looking at what everybody else is getting and I just don't, you know, I just don't get it. I, where, God, where are you at? The whole time he's like, well, I've been right here. Look at all the things in your life. You know, it could be really easy for me to even be that way too because uh, when Megan and I first we were engaged, we were, we were about to get married, I moved into an apartment and in my apartment I had a TV, a bed, bed frame, recliner. That was what I had. Like, yeah, woo, that's what I'm talking about, yeah. Somebody's like, me too, bro. Like, it's all, I'm telling you, it, in that, like, it, with it was just me in that apartment, you know, and the two bar stools that came with it, like, like, it was awesome. It was awesome. It was, you know, that whole, like, it's not much, but it's mine, you know. And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, this is great. And then I remember, oh, yeah, I'm getting married. And she's going to want more than a recliner and an Xbox, you know. <laughs> like, she's going to want more than that. And so I think, oh, gosh, what am I, you know, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And, and I'm not the only one thinking about that. She's thinking about that, too. She's like, well, I want more than a recliner and an Xbox, you know. And, and, she, and we're getting ready to, to get married and all of this. And, and we're praying, God, I, I don't know. I don't know how we're supposed to fill this apartment with stuff. I don't know what we're, I mean, we don't, I'm, I'm telling you, like, I was, like, paper plates, Dixie cups, like, that's what I had, okay? It wasn't, like, frozen pizzas, and so it's, it's I had, like, nothing else. And, and we're praying about this, and our wedding shower comes along. Our wedding shower comes along, and the room fills with over 100 people just for our wedding shower, and sitting there are two six-foot tables end-to-end with stuff on top and all below it. And I just kept sitting there thinking, thank you, God. But now, eight years later, I could look at all my stuff and be like, gosh, this stuff is getting old. Lord, when are you going to start blessing me with something new, you know? Like, my plates are getting chipped. They don't hardly wash anymore. They still look dirty, you know? Like, like what's... My pans, there's just like grease baked into those things. It's not coming clean. Like, when am I going to get some more new stuff? I could get really selfish about what I do have because I'm seeing what somebody else already has gotten. Instead, I could take a moment like, God, I know that you're going to provide for me because you've already filled my house. You've filled my life already. And I know that you're going to continue to take care of me and my family. We just have to trust in that. You know, sometimes what I'll do if I'm having like a really rough day or I'm just fe- I'm feeling this, this numbness, this like almost abandonment, I'll take a moment and I'll just begin to write down everything that God's done for me, everything that he's given me. It doesn't matter how far back it goes. I mean, it can go all the way as far back as you can remember. And, you know, I can fill that page with things that he's done in my life. And then I can look at that and just think, man, what in the world am I worried about? What am I worried about? And the thing is, is that worry is real. It does happen. We do stress. We do have anxiety about things. And that's not to say that it's invalid that you should ever worry about something. But something that's more valid is the peace of God in your life, knowing that he's going to take care of you. He will take care of you. He will provide for you. And we can't underestimate any longer what he's doing in your life. You will forever feel ungrateful and numb if we don't look at what he's done in our life and thank him for that. We can't underestimate that. In Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 12, it says, But the Lord made the earth by his power, and he preserves it, meaning you and me, by his wisdom. With his own understanding, he stretched out the heavens. He is going to take care of you by his own wisdom. He will take care of you. 
He will provide for you. He will provide for your family. We just have to be patient, sit back and wait. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. God loves you enough to take care of you. And you can't sit there any longer and feel unappreciated by God while you're sitting in the middle of all the things that you're surrounded by. He loves you and he has blessed you, I promise. You just have to take a moment to open up your eyes and recognize even the smallest details. The next thing that I want to look at is letter M. And that's missing his calling on your life. Missing his calling on your life. And here's the thing about this is that when when we miss the calling of God on our life, it means that we are living separate from him. And our identity is contained within Jesus. And if we're living separate from him, we're living separate from our identity, which makes us feel like we're not a human being, which leaves us feeling numb. We have got to be connected to him and what he has called us to do. And what I want you to understand is that, that missing the, the, God, the, the calling of, of God on your life and the calling that he has for you, it's not like one decision that you made, like, well, missed it. Like, there it goes. Not coming back. That's not what it is. It's an everyday decision that you wake up and say, you know what? I'm going to listen to what the Holy Spirit has to say. I'm going to follow his, his guidance and be obedient to the very best of my ability. And if we choose to do that every single day, I promise you that you're living within his will. You're living within his calling. If you'll just be obedient to that. But when we're not obedient, when we live apart from his calling, it leaves us feeling numb and abandoned. Because when we are living apart from his calling, we're apart from him and we're apart from our identity. I had someone just this last week that I listened to speak and he said, think of it like this. You can only see your identity and the reflection of Christ's eyes. And the closer you get to him, the better you can see your identity. I thought, man, that is so good. That is so good. The closer we can get to him, the better we can see our identity because our identity is wrapped up in him. We are lost without our identity, meaning that we are lost without Christ. We've got to be willing to follow his calling. So where, where are you? Where are you in, in your calling and what God's called you to do? Because it's not even just one big thing. Like I said, it's everyday decisions. It's everyday decisions. And, and being willing to take those little steps will lead to the big thing that he is calling you to do. Because we take those smaller, smaller, smaller steps, then we can trust him with the ones that get bigger and bigger and bigger. And we can have faith. Because I promise you, God is going to call you to do something that is outside of your ability and comfort zone. And if you haven't taken little steps to be obedient already, it's going to be really difficult for you to answer that big calling. We've got to be willing to take those steps every single day and trust him. Because the big calling might be that you need to invite your neighbor and, and their whole family to come to church. But there's little steps that lead up to that. Because you don't just knock on the door and be like, hey, y'all want to come to church? Like that, it, it may work and it might not. I don't know. But I'm telling you what will work is when you establish a relationship first. You talk to them. You become friends. They see that you love them even though they may not be saved. It's not conditional. And then when you do invite them to come to church, they know that it's genuine. Not just a challenge that the pastor pushed out right before like Easter or something. You know what I mean? Building a relationship with someone, taking those steps every single day to love on somebody, to bring them into your house, to hang out with them, to talk with them, that the love's not conditional, that you care about them because Christ cares about them. Your calling is important because your calling equals people 
entering into the kingdom of heaven. It's not, it's not enough to just say that I believe, because if you believe, then you will follow his calling. God has something very special and specific just for you. So let's follow that. Let's chase after that and know that God is going to use you in a powerful way. And what I want you to understand is that you're, you're missing his calling, not that you missed his calling. It's not gone. It's not too late. You're just missing it right now in this moment. You can make a decision. Okay, I'm going to follow it. I'm going to obey Christ and what he's calling me to do today. And boom, you're right back in. But it's a decision that you have to make every single day. I want you to understand that, that it's not, you haven't just missed it. It's not just gone. It's not gone forever. He loves you enough to give you a chance day after day after day. Last thing that we want to look at is if we have been not allowing room for Christ in our life and we're, we're, we're underestimating what he has done and we're not following the will of God and we, we've completely missed his calling, then the letter B means that we must be blinded by sin. We must be completely blinded by sin. In 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. When all of these things stack up and, and we're willingly living our, apart, our life apart from Christ, then that must mean that we've been completely blinded by our own sin. It must mean that. And we do crazy things when we're blinded by sin. We do things that don't make sense. And then when we come back to life, we're like, what, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? The problem is, is that just like it says in this passage, Satan, the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. And if we're not making room for God, if we're not thanking him for the things that he's done in our life, and if we're not, if we're not following his calling, that our minds have been blinded because we don't believe. Yeah. We don't believe. It's a harsh reality, I know. I know it's a harsh reality. And the reason that I know it's harsh is because I've lived out all four of these things. And I had to fight and I had to battle out of that. To say, you know what, that's not me. That's not how I'm going to live my life. That's not how I lead my family. It's not, it's not how I am going to be any longer. I'm going to give my life to Christ and I'm going to make sure that I'm following him every single day. I'm going to make room in my life for him. That I'm going to praise him for the, the little things and the big things that he does in my life. Then I'm going to make sure that I'm following his calling every single day so that I don't miss out. That way I can make sure that I have not been blinded by my own sin. It's a dangerous thing when we, when we fulfill all of these other three and then we hit the letter B and we realize, oh my gosh. I'm completely blinded by my addictions and by my sin, the things that I'm holding on to, my unforgiveness, whatever it is that we have to let go of. What I want you to understand about all of this is, is the word numb does not mean dead. The word numb does not mean dead. Christ is still in you and he still loves you. All we have to do is readjust our life and allow him to flow again. We're not dead. We're just numb. And so many times we get in this position, we feel like, we feel like we're numb, and, the, and we think, okay, well, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm dead to Christ. No. He loves you, and you are alive in him as long as you adjust your life again so that you're making room for him, so that you're loving him and worshiping him for what he's done in your life, that you're following his calling every single day. And the thing about that is of coming, coming back to life, it's painful, 
It is painful. It's hard. I think about like when I when when my arm was completely numb in the bed and and I like moved my arm back out of whatever weird position it was in. I mean, it started to hurt. The blood was coming back into my arm. And I was like, gosh, it felt better when it was numb. You know, it felt better when it was numb. And we get that way when we realize, oh, my Lord, I'm completely numb in my walk with Christ and I need to be alive again. And we start making little decisions and sometimes huge decisions because coming back to life in Christ is hard sometimes. Nothing in the Bible says that it's easy. But in James, it does say that when you face trials of various kinds, to consider it pure joy. And I'm telling you, whenever you're willing to say, you know what? I am numb. I don't feel Christ moving in me any longer. I want to readjust my life so I can feel him flowing in and through me again. There will be a little bit of pain in there. But you have to consider it pure joy because that is Christ breathing life into you once again. He is doing something big in your life. And there may be some things that you have to do and decisions that you have to make that might make you say, ouch. They will be tough. They will be hard. But we've got to be willing to do that. We've got to be willing to to follow his direction and follow his will that he has for us. You might have to admit that you've been wrong, and that hurts. You might have to ask for forgiveness, not just from God, but from somebody here on this earth, and that hurts. You may have to give up a hobby or an addiction, and that hurts. But every time we do that, we're making room for God to move again. He begins to flow in and through us. It might be a little bit painful at first, but in the long run, it is so worth it. It's what I love about this this whole thought of being numb in Christ is that you are not dead. You're not dead. You just need your identity back. And we find that when we draw close to Christ. 